I feel like I can do anything at this no, there's point. There's no words for that, I'm is there? Ready for that sexual awakening. Oh, but when he shoots off the guy's toe. At any toe, point, we could have stopped and two no people one would in your have phone really book cared. Red Miller, Benjamin Franklin. I Frank am Gates. genuinely crossing my fingers You're right now. You're never going to get that in another it film, are you? It is nuts that at one point they shared 99 days into this and we're saying that's I would never talk smack against Mark Furpo. I would never Nick dare. Nick Cage masturbates for the first it's time. It's a film so. that makes you want to have a really hot shower Honestly, after watching it. I can't believe did you watch the film? Um, probably about 5.15, 5.20am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wasn't wasn't feeling great and um, I don't know how I managed it, but watched the film in Russian. Ah, that's very interesting you say that. I had somewhat of a similar experience to that, it turns out. Well, I started it and then realised what was going on and it was a part I don't think I can get back out of bed to deal with this and part, well, I wonder if there's maybe something I missed. <laughs> so. My experience was a little, um, a little different. I, my feelings about this film and this protagonist are fairly well documented at this point and I couldn't quite face it last night. Uh, yeah, I really wasn't in the mood, so I decided to try and do something to to spice it up a little bit. You, you're a person that has spent uh, a lot of time on the internet, so you've almost undoubtedly heard about. They say that um, the Wizard of Oz and the album Dark Side of the Moon sync up if you play them at the same time. You ever heard anything about that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot about that. I'm interested to see what you think could possibly sync up with this masterpiece. Well, it turns out Dark Side of the Moon and National Treasure, they've got a few similarities. So I <laughs> only know that because I did them in tandem. I did the Nick side of the cage. Oh, I God. took on the smart side of the fish. This is unbelievable. I've never heard someone get out of watching National Treasure like this. Listen, I watched the whole thing and <laughs> I heard those glorious Russian voices alongside the whole time. Fortunately, there were subtitles, so I didn't miss a bit. Oh. It was quite an experience, and I've wrote probably more notes for this than I have for any other, because there were just so many little moments along the experience of both watching this film and listening <laughs> to this record. If any of these notes are just great guitar solo, I wish I was high, then I'm not I'm not going to engage with it. Uh, genuinely, it was, it was quite astounding. I probably wrote far more than I need but yeah a couple times it seemed like it was meant to be but a couple real stinky disappointments there where some good synchronization would have just taken me to cloud nine but it just it didn't really happen for me so I've, I've got to wonder you you've kind of done weirdly throughout the process of us doing this entire at this point 99 days of watching Nick Cage films every day you've watched The National Treasure a fair few times at a, a fair few different yeah, this... experiences being obligated to a couple times watching it just because it was 
on uh, in different parts of your house and of course now coming back after a night out to watch it at five o'clock in the morning and I just wonder I wonder where your most recent experience of watching it stacks up against some of the others you've experienced over the last this was a hundred percent the worst time I've tried to watch it <laughs> this is the eighth time I've watched this film during lockdown oh my god and this was 100% the worst because the entire time I was fighting to not be sick. Right. So, yeah, there's there's a big element of that. Um, so yeah, fighting the idea. I, I very much was in a place of, if I don't fall asleep, I'm probably going to be sick. But I have to stay awake to watch this film. <laughs> so, yeah, really good. Really, um, really helpful. High scoring. I don't know about that, but sure. Let me tell you a little bit about my experience watching it because I feel like you need to just sit with your eyes closed for a bit. I don't think anything's going to make me feel better right now, mate. <laughs> Including somebody telling you <laughs> about their experience trying desperately to have an album and a movie sync up that were not designed to do the same thing I'm at all. I'm upset that you didn't experience the full Russian moment of... Uh... I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence because the voice actor is so fucking great. Yeah. It's just no enthusiasm. Yeah, I had them kind of bubbling along in the background, but yeah, that was when I was. That was the first time round of listening to this album of the three perfect loops I did of it whilst watching this fucking stupidly long film. Now I like that record, but three times in a row, oh, it's a. It was a bit much for me. Lost some of the magic. Well, I love this film. And I can tell you, eight times in a row, the film still holds up. So I don't know what we're... 99 days into this, and we're saying National Treasure is better than Pink Floyd. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we finally learned something. So you're treated oh. with the the heartbeats at the very beginning of this record coming up over the Disney logo really setting some tension there oh that must be great when he gets made a knight by his granddad right so the opening notes of Breathe one of the most legendary songs of this record they come in as a young Ben Gates discovers his grandpa's old book for the first time that's quite a precious moment there the treasure is shown for the first time in that opening montage as that like road solo comes in there and it's like really big and cool and jazzy while you're seeing all this Egyptian treasure lying around there. There's some really particularly weird ones throughout that intro where there's the line it says about a raise to arms as all of the knights raise their swords together in a circle. That was about the time I was really excited for this to all all start happening. You've got the huge opening alarm clocks of time. That happens as the crew arrive at the Arctic, almost to pull you back to the present. Very exciting stuff. There's that whole crazy vocal solo that happens in the great gig at the sky, which is like playing over the top of where Nick's like explaining about how it's all going to go down and basically setting up the whole film. And then Sean Bean betrays him. Fucking so sick. <laughs> there was a ton all throughout. Honestly, I, I can't believe... I can't believe you've done this. I had to do something, <laughs> man. <laughs> I had to do something. Well, look, I, I thought that this would be a good time to to maybe look back at what we've what we've done what we've achieved here. Yeah. Um, and and, hmm. and in, in the true vein of National Treasure I was wondering if you could pick out a couple of the, the National Treasures that you found in Cage's back catalogue. Wow. Films that really surprised you. See if we can really pick up the highs. I really need some wins here. Yeah, no, you're right and achievement is a weird word to throw out for this 
But I do feel in a weird way like we have achieved something through all of this, Dan. I feel like we we set out to do something. And although at any point we could have stopped and no one would have really cared, possibly even you and well, I. Well, Ben, it's, it's not over yet. We've still got to. We've still got another episode. No, I feel like I can do anything <laughs> at this point. I just fucking watch The National <laughs> Treasure again. I can do anything. Oh, you reckon? Oh, no. Um, you think you can do anything? <laughs> I wonder what film I can pick for today's watch. I feel like I'm almost at advantage here because you're seeming to be in a sort of hungover fetal position. I can practically hear you curled up across the microphone. So Yeah, but Ben, you, you've got to remember, I hate myself every day. This is, <laughs> this is my comfort blanket. <laughs> okay, so maybe they're playing for I, I levels. live this, mate. I can, I can bring you down to my level. This is easy for me. <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think what's going to upset you the most at the moment. Highlights. We've had a few highs that we didn't really expect along this journey. I'm trying to think of a ways we can bring them up that we haven't basically... We've had a few guests, and granted that was probably like a month ago that we spoke to anybody else about this. But like, <laughs> we've had a few conversations with them about highs, and a couple of them have gone fairly well documented. So I thought maybe it'd be nice to talk a bit about that opening chapter of Cage's career and like what was most striking about the first, those halcyon days spending time with him in the beginning. Okay. So we're talking like what, the first kind of like 15, 20 films, like those those like really early day ones? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way because there were some really great surprises along there. Yeah, I think that's where the majority of the surprises were. And I think that's, I don't know if that's just because... Um, I mean, I never went into them thinking they were going to be bad, but a lot of them I just never heard of. So you got stuff like Racing with the Moon, Banger, Birdie, Banger, Raising Arizona, Banger, Moonstruck, Banger. And then, of course, he moves on to do Vampire's Kiss, which I don't know is is a banger, but in terms of the guy's back catalogue. Oh, it, it, it certainly bangs. <laughs> um, what about The Boy in Blue? Yeah, see, I kind of brushed over that one. I, I know that you hated watching it at the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird now because I can't help but feel almost nostalgic for that time. It feels like yeah. so long ago we did so that. It feels so long ago that I feel like it's it's better in my head now purely on the basis that I'm not watching it right yeah, now. Yeah, but also, like, I don't know. I feel like we'd watch it in a slightly different way at this point. I feel like right now you could put Firebirds on in front of me and I'd, I'd love it. I'd probably have a raging good time to that, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd have a sick time. It would also be really interesting to see a younger-looking Cage back then. Like, National Treasure was a film that was made when he was 40 years old, but watching this, I was I couldn't, I couldn't believe how young he looked. Yeah. He's, he's so handsome and youthful back then, and he's 40 years old. You've got to think how many times in those early films he treated the entire world to him taking his top off for 90% of the film. Right. Very restrained in National Treasure, I must say. Yeah, very, very restrained. It's a kid's film, though. Yeah, you can't... <laughs> They're not ready. They're not ready for that sexual awakening. <laughs> Brought to you by Disney. But if you had to pick one from that kind of like, let's say up to Vampire's Kiss, if you had to pick one that you were going to rewatch and all the others were kind of discarded forever, you can take you can take one with you. Oh, that's very probably Raising Arizona because it's just it was just a really good movie and Cage is re- that was the first time I went oh he can be funny I had no idea yeah it's it's a real tough one but that's definitely it's one of my it's one of my three picks that I struggle to narrow down to one and he's really the leading man in that properly 
like a lot of the other ones he's he's co-starred or he's had a smaller part in a bigger film but yeah raising arizona really felt like he was the front and center on the poster h.i mcdonough is the guy that you carry around with and like yeah man i think that film absolutely rules how about you I won't give the same answer, but it was certainly one of my options that I was considering. Yeah, I know you're a big birdie boy. To me, either birdie or moonstruck. Right. I just think birdie is the first time that we really showcase Cage's acting ability. Right. Moonstruck is just a whole lot of fun to me. I I really enjoyed that. Just a whole load of fun. But to be honest, though, Racing with the Moon as well is is another. I'd find it really difficult to pick one. The eagle tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god, yeah, that moment was just fantastic. Right, I think I think I'd be inclined to say Moonstruck. Right, yeah, I, if, I, I, if I had to pick one that wasn't raising Arizona, honestly, couldn't blame you for that choice. It's it's everyone in that is so good, but I, yeah, I'm just trying to go on strictly like Nick Cage bringing it. I mean, he does bring it in a big way in Moonstruck, and he does get to shag share, which is he funny. he brings it in most of these films. I think in his early career, but the difference between them is that Cher's not in any of the other films. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know how you want to process that information about how I'm now reviewing these, but I'm sorry, but that's that's a huge plus three if you can get share in your film. Let me just list off the next 12 he does after that, and I'll just go through the list and you can give me a, a good or bad, as binary as that. Okay. Never on a Tuesday. What's less than zero? <laughs> Time to kill. <laughs> What's less than less than zero? Yeah, just unbelievable garbage. Wild at heart. Yep, fantastic. Firebirds. Mm, 0.5 Industrial Symphony number one <laughs> For what it is I'd say it's good Zandalee Big stinking zero mate Honeymoon in Vegas Love it One of the best <laughs> Yes Bring it back What a, I, I was thinking about that film the other day And it was just Jack good Singer, fun What a champion Just good fun Wasn't it The skydiving Elvises like, you're never going to get that in another film, are you? Amos and Andrew. I didn't like that film as much as I thought I would. I didn't think it was particularly bad. I wouldn't watch it again. Accidental Blackface. It's cancelled. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that as well. Red Rock West. Of all the films we've watched, that is the one that is the one I remember the least. I remember kind of enjoying it, but like it was such I a... I remember you really enjoyed that one, from what I remember. It was such an unremarkable film, really. Yeah, um, I... Again, I don't think it was bad, but I'd never rewatch it. Right. Deadfall. Well, yeah, this is obviously great, isn't it? And of course, <laughs> guarding Tess. Oh. <laughs> the longer I've left it since having watched Guarding Tess, the more I think it wasn't that bad, and I just hated it because I had to watch Deadfall beforehand. Right, yeah. Exactly. And it's such a change of pace that it's jarring. Like we said, he's on the come down. But yeah, like when I actually look back as to what that film was. I don't even think he's bad in it, and I don't necessarily think it's that bad a film. I think it was just one of those ones. So I'd be, I'd, I'm unsure of how to how to grade that one. How would you feel? Guarding Tess. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a load of hot shit. Oh right, okay. It was flaming hot, stinky garbage, and I thought <laughs> Nick Cage was going to shag the older lady in it the whole time, and it put me constantly on edge in a horrible way. Oh, maybe when he shoots off the guy's toe, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> When that film decides in the last 20 minutes, like, oh, we should do something in this film, huh? <laughs> bad film. He's bad at his job in it. He rightfully gets scolded by that man with a big moustache, and I never felt more onside with a septuagenarian than I did in that moment. Of that chunk, I'd say Wild at Heart is objectively the best film there, and I think Nick Cage is really, really good at it. Yeah, if I was to pick one not it'd be that one, it'd be Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. Those, those two are what I take from that. Because he's also, like... 
underrated, really funny in that because he's he's playing up to being silly, which he does well. He does well. Okay, Ben, I'm going to give you the following ten films. All right. There's there's some absolute hits in this. So this is going to be a, a nice one for you. It could happen to you. No, <laughs> oh, come on. You you weren't a fan of Charlie Lang. Less so. Yeah, wasn't. We were trapped in paradise. <laughs> the fur pose. Mar- don't, don't, don't you dare talk shit on the fur pose. I would never talk smack against Mar Furpo. I would never dare. But, uh, oh, I'd rather not watch a Christmas film again in a hurry. It's his, it's his best Christmas film. Yeah, but, all right. Can't uh, argue that. Um, how much do you remember of Kiss of Death? I was just about to say, what was? I'm looking at the word. And I, barely, I remember watching that one in the tub on a, like, a sketchy YouTube s- stream of it and not really sticking out. However, whoever... Was that Nick not the Cage... one where he goes like immediately like opening cage scene where he just like choke slams a guy out of like a, a crane or Yeah, something? he throws a guy out of a truck yeah. and he does his strip club freak out dance at one point. Oh, when his dad dies. This is, yeah, and then he makes that guy do the strip dance at the club for harassing the women. Yeah, there's that just, just fantastic moments. I would never watch that film again. It was a powerhouse, but yeah, <laughs> I'm in no rush to watch that again absolute stinker so let's really get down to it leaving Las yeah. Vegas oh the big four I mean I was thinking about that film again really recently and like just they showed a couple of clips of it in um in yesterday's that's documentary right, that we watched, that's right that's right yeah um, man yeah it made me reminisce yeah but... me too great movie not in a hurry to watch it again and ruin my day <laughs> how about The Rock banger I uh when I watched that film I mistakenly bought a digital copy of it as opposed to renting it but let me just say I'm not mad <laughs> that is one of the films through all of this I'm most likely to watch again in the next few months you know purely because you bought it probably because <laughs> I now own a copy and I want to get my money's worth but like yeah I don't know just a really good bit of fun alright yes or no Connor yes alright face off hell yes City of Angels <laughs> I can't believe that that is what comes after that run that is so balmy it never stops being so jarring does Jesus. it Jesus and that next run are like pretty bleak but sorry I'll let you finish City of Angels is a big for me not even not even for Goo Goo Dolls you're not gonna you're not gonna give it that one you know not even for Goo Goo Dolls because they don't give you Goo Goo Dolls they give you goo and that's it if you get, if you get into the credits you get the full song they got their money's worth yeah the, the credits are the best bit of that film. Plus, we have the fantastic Nick Cage masturbates for the first time. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Touched by an angel. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's that hilarious name that he gives himself? Oh, something like Johnny Spoons. It's something Plate, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Simon Plate. Simon Plate. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one of those films where the more I reminisce, the more I'm certain it wasn't as bad as it was. But I hated watching that film. Right. I think I know the answer to Snake Eyes. Uh, I don't know. Something. In, I would watch it again. I don't know. I, really? Yeah, I think I really would. I just, I love the way it looked. I know I'd watch it again and go, Ugh. I suppose I had that really nice like opening like 14 minute long shot, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was really stylishly put together and I thought it looked okay. really cool. But like, yeah... I, the content isn't great. I mean, agree to disagree. I think it's fucking trash. But, <laughs> you know, uh, that's if that's your prerogative. Uh, the big question. Yes. Eight millimeter, yes or no? Daddy's favourite. <laughs> I. 
I would 100% watch this again. Oh, it's I so bleak though, man. It's such a downer. But eh. It's a film that makes you want to have a really hot shower after watching it. Whether that's a plus or a negative, it's hard to say. But, ooh, I don't know. I, I don't think I enjoyed that nearly as much as you. But that might have come down to the circumstance around me, you know, watching it on my birthday with my dad. And it's a film about the underworld of debauchery. <laughs> I think it's a good film, but yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't have enjoyed Oof. it. Um, but let's go back to those ten. Let's say you have to carry one over. Ooh, it would be because uh, this is tricky because there's some. It's got to be guarding Tess, right? There's <laughs> some hot shit, but there's also the big four, and it will definitely be one of the big four there. And I okay. would, I would take face off. I would take face off. Yeah, I, I'd say that's fair. Um, but any of those, any of those big four are worthy of praise, genuinely. I'm just going strictly from a cage point of view. I think I think I'd have to I'd have to go with I'd have to go with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, I I just think the Conair is objectively a better film, but The Rock Cage is better in. Yeah, cuz he's kind of playing up the silly angle a bit more, you know? Whereas you don't get a lot of that silly angle necessarily in Face Off. However, you get a lot of cage, a lot of big time cage in there. You get, yeah, there's a lot of it. So I, I, I'd have to go with it for that. Let me pitch you a few films, hey Dan? Go on then. Why don't you tell me about what you thought about Bringing Out the Dead? Oh, I fucking hate it. I was thinking about this film a lot yesterday. I've, I keep going in through the motions with this film about whether or not I would want to rewatch it because I feel Same. like you know it's a Scorsese film. I feel like there's a lot there. I don't feel like any of it was necessarily bad, but it's long, it's slow, it's not engaging. Uh, I, I really didn't enjoy watching it. I feel like that's the one that I should rewatch, but I won't. I, that's a very well put. I am definitely. I have a similar feeling about it, where I think all of those criticisms you levied are almost intentional. Whether that's a good thing or not, it's hard to say. Yeah, but I don't know. I just thought about it. It's a f- one of the few films that we've watched all of this, and this is quite depressing to say out loud, where I actually felt like I took something away from it. That's that dialogue at the end where you hear Cage saying, like, less than 10% of the people I try and help actually benefit from that. I'm more often just there to be there, to be to help people through whatever trauma they're going from, yeah. or to help ease the burden of people witnessing someone they love dying. And... I know that that really stuck with me. And yesterday, being sat at A and E and seeing lots of paramedics run around, and with that in mind, just made me—I don't know, man—what an incredibly ridiculously selfless thing to do with your life. And who would have thought I would come to that revelation? Not that that is something that should be a shocking new discovery to make twenty-nine years into your life after relying on that service for so long. But for Nick Cage to teach me that lesson, it. Gives me a lot of mixed emotions. I like that you've brought this full circle from a guy who's trying to save people that are getting murdered and, you know, these people that are, like, drinking themselves to death or stuck on spikes. (laughs) Um, And you've managed to compare that to your UTI. (laughs) I I like what you've done there, mate. Wicked. Very, very cool. (laughs) Let's talk about God in 60 seconds. Well, it's banger, isn't it? 
I yeah, I don't it's know. The media I banger. hated watching no, it. No, of course you know. Stop trying to act like it's not a great film. I hated watching it so much, and I was thinking of it earlier today. Nick Cage is in the two thousands in a big way. Watching Cage side of the Nick earlier on, I was reminded that Cage side of the Nick. Nick Cage's <laughs> dad in the National Treasure is Angelina Jolie's real life dad. What? And isn't that crazy that he has probably one of his worst possible scenes in my opinion of any film he's been in in that awful kissing scene with Angelina Jolie I think kissing scene is the technical term that they have where he's trying to talk dirty to her about car parts and oh I hate it so so much man I absolutely despise that scene and it is nuts that at one point they shared a dad (laughs) shocking behaviour I, I I think the film's fun, but I know what you mean. It's 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 a garbage film that's fun to watch. It's the polar opposite of Bringing Out the Dead, which is a fantastic film that I never want to see. This is a crap film that I I could watch any day. I guess it's just it's just throwaway. I to must me. admit, of a lot of the films, Gone in sixty seconds is one that I think would be fun to revisit at some point because there are just so many characters in it. I think some of yeah. them would have some really interesting backstories if you really took the time to get to know them. Well, look, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah, fuck it. I'll give it a... No, it's a thumbs down. Who am I kidding? Let's talk about the family, man, though. Oh, big crock of shit, that was. <laughs> not even going to bother with that one, mate. That was a Christmas film, wasn't it? Yeah. That was probably my... Oh, no, it's not my least favourite Christmas film, because Christmas Carol's coming up, but... <laughs> well, yeah, and obviously just before Christmas Carol, we have to deal with Captain Corelli's Mandolin. I, what an interesting film. I'm going I'm to give this a big yes. I actually really enjoyed that film. I didn't think what I would. What an interesting film on Nick Cage's timeline to come up, hey? What, a sandwich between two fucking Christmas films in the early 2000s? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would not like to watch it again. I, categorically, I would not watch it again. I, I think I would. And may, maybe that is the criteria we should have for whatever we're doing right now is like, would you watch it again? Well, no, I, I don't think that's fair because realistically I've just watched, I uh, spent the last hundred days, Ben, watching these films and I can tell you categorically I'm not going to watch any of them again for a very long time. For as long as I can remember doing this, I will not be watching any of these films. <laughs> so I don't think that's quite fair. <laughs> but I... Captain Corelli's Mandolin was one of those ones where I went in as a sceptic and I, I, I came away I enjoyed that film. I mean, in spite of his absolute Mario accent. Oof. You know what I mean? It... <laughs> a Christmas Carol. Oh, it's just horseshit. Yeah. Just just the worst. Hot Let's not even shit. talk about it. Wind Talkers, though. Fantastic. Great, great movie. Fantastic, carried by his co-star, but I don't hate it. Let's talk a bit about the directional debut of Nicolas no. Cage in no, it's Sunny. A big, it's a big stinking no. <laughs> it Absolutely was such not. hot shit, wasn't it? Just honestly the worst. Uh, fortunately, he does bounce back, though, to, although you might not remember it, adaptation. It's, yeah. So from what I remember of it, it was fantastic. But again, I'm probably not the one. I'm definitely giving this a thumbs up. But yeah, I'm I'm probably not the right person to review that one. And then the last one I'll bring up for this little trip down memory lane, Matchstick Man. Yeah, just unbelievably good. One of the, one of the best films we've had the entire time. Yeah, you're right. Genuinely a standout. Good film. Everybody is bringing that A-game. Twists and turns plenty. And yeah, Nick Cage is just at the centre of all that. Loved it. If I had to pick one of these films to carry forward, that was that's the one I picked. Yeah, you know what? I thought that was going to be a harder choice, but now I'm looking back at this list again. Adaptation I really liked. 
really enjoyed that film. But Matchstick Men, I feel like you could just stick on any time and enjoy watching it. Unfortunately, Ben, I've already picked that one, so you're going to have to pick something else. All right, we'll go with... Captain Corelli. Well, let's go with Wind Talkers. Wind Talkers was okay. sick. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Just really good, heavy going, but really good movie. Well, that takes us up to everything we did before we had guests on. And right. I think at that point, we've we kind of covered that ground. Man, there were some bangers in there. But yeah, and that also brings us back to today's absolute hit of National Treasure. Blimey. So did you did you enjoy this more or less this time around? Well, I thought the soundtrack this time around was a lot more engaging. <laughs> it does a lot of the storytelling for it, really. There's a few more things I noticed watching National Treasure again. Can we have, please, a conversation about the fact that Nick Cage and his two fucking cronies tie his dad up to a chair with duct tape and just leave him there on the assumption that someone will come past at some point and rescue him. Well, they already know that the FBI's on their way. I can't believe it. They his dad is such him. a if hero. They... His dad is a party machine. Nick Cage's dad in this, his first line is, where's the party? Which is a thing people should start saying more often, FYI. But that's <laughs> the first thing he says, where's the party? He cannot wait to fucking go at it. And I could see in the background of his kitchen a half-drunk bottle of wine and an empty one just kicking around there. This man's done a <laughs> bottle and a half of wine, ordered a pizza in, he's just kicking around the house in his robe, and that whole scene was set over the crazy vocal solo of the great gig in the sky and it's just a metaphor for him screaming party every time he goes but annoyingly heartbreakingly all of the music cuts out the moment that his dad realizes that the declaration of independence is there that's when money kicks in and like Mate, it changes the whole pace. It was so, so perfect. I I know what you mean. I feel like he isn't treated particularly well, but at the same time, he's... They steal his fucking car. I mean, you, you always have to remember that he's basically brought up his son to believe this stuff, and he's obviously had this turnaround where he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. But his son is right. Cage is right. He solves it, and he, he ties him up for his own safety. If, if, if otherwise, he'd be getting arrested for, uh, for helping, for aiding and abetting. It's it's the it's the family thing to do, Ben, is to tie up your dad. It's tactical. So you don't get arrested for stealing freedom. Right. Okay. All right. I can get behind that where he's like, listen, dad, I know you're not going to like this, but I need to make it look like we broke and entered, despite the fact you very kindly welcomed us in and to join your party. And we just ruined it by being a bunch of losers. Yeah, you, you, it's not an uncomfortable tying up, is it? It's, you know. It gives him a drink with a long straw. Into another bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing I noticed in this, and we, we praise Nick Cage a lot, sorry, we praise Benjamin Franklin Gates a lot in the second National Treasure film for rocking a tuxedo underneath a scuba suit. This man is constantly wearing a tuxedo under his clothes. In the first film that we just watched, he rips off his workman clothes he uses to get into where they're keeping the declaration. And of course, there's a tuxedo underneath. This man is his father's son and is ready to party, albeit in a different way, at any given time. And I respected him a lot more in the second watch. Granted, he was in Russian for the whole thing. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to some segments. Okay. You want to be nice to Nicky? Sure. You, uh, I can't believe you learnt Russian. <laughs> are, are we still being nice to Nicky, even though it's a rewatch? Uh, I see no reason why not, you know? I, I'm not against it. Um, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I kind of accidentally just shot my wad there saying about him being a, a secret party machine. 
which is no I, I think I think you could probably have that it's difficult because you have to remember we've already done all of this yes um yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to repeat myself. I can't exactly remember what I said the first time around. I just want to say it's like the quick thinking, and I think that there's a lot of kind of ad libs that we get from Cage within this film. Mm. That I do think, although the role itself isn't textbook Cage, I think he brings a lot to it that no one else would have. And I think that's why it's it's just such an enjoyable film to me. Like the, all of the kind of stuff around, like when he's stealing the declaration and how kind of like conflicted he is. I think he's the perfect actor to showcase all of that without having to say much dialogue. And when he does these little kind of quips come out that I don't think could have possibly been in the script a lot of the time. While we're on the, the topic of it, let's have a, a quick Nat Trej 3 watch. Uh, there's been no recent news, but I started speculating watching this, what the third one will be about. Uh, and I've got a couple theories, but I wondered if you had anything in mind where you think they're going to take the third film in the franchise. I feel like it's about time they cracked open one of those pyramids. Yeah. I feel like it's been a long time since Brendan Fraser tried, and I want to see Nick Cage get in the pyramid. Right, and I'm almost certain I know what they're going to find in there. Treasure? Aliens. Oh, you think we're going to get Indiana Jones 4? They're going to go Indy 4 on this. and But you know what? Indy 4, they put aliens in, and it fucking sucked. I would be so keen to have Nat Trej have some aliens in it. I think that would be awesome. And Riley just to be like, I told you all. <laughs> that would be very good. Um, I speculated this a while back that I think if National Treasure 3 gets made it's going to be The Search for Atlantis Whoa, El Dorado and, that, and that's a film I I am a nut for this kind of stuff anyway I know I'm a fucking loser but I, I'd i be all in on that That that's my that's my perfect film right there is Nick Cage searching for, searching for Atlantis Dan listen man there's nothing loserish about having interests don't let anyone tell you different <laughs> it depends what the interests are <laughs> I guess you're right <laughs> so we've been nice to Nikki. I think it's about time we bring in what everyone's really been waiting for and this will probably be one of the last times we do this depending on what happens later on today these are two champions let's give the people the match they really want as we roll into possibly the final cage match I tried to hit that really hard with a Stanley knife and one of the blades just flew off and hit me in the head I am okay, though. Back to A&E goes. <laughs> Look, this is going to be the big one. This is Red Miller, who came in at the end, I think, on like a, a streak of like 11 or 12, coming up against Benjamin Franklin Gates, who has a, like a combined, like... I know he did like a streak of 20 before he retired. Right. He would have easily gone on to do 25. But that was on the return, wasn't it? Yeah, and on his first wave, I think he got up until... God, did he get up until the weatherman? I think David Spritz might have taken him. I think that's right. I mean, with that sharp-eyed snowball, it's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, listen, Ben's had more skin in the game for a while. He has been around the block longer, so of course he's got more wins. But the sheer force, determination, domination Red has shown, the amount of 5 nothings this guy has under his belt, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Let's just get right into the heart of it. Let's talk strength. Oh, God, this is going to be a difficult one for, for Franklin here. We don't see a huge amount of strength, and I think it's fair to concede at this point based on how strong we see Red Miller become. Um, it's not just it's not just physical strength, it's the emotional strength. It's every every element of Red Miller is just exuding a, a, like a strength in, in, in different ways. The one thing we see from Benjamin Franklin Gates is a perseverance, but I think it's matched, if not surpassed, by Red. Yeah, I'd struggle to argue that. They're two men just driven by their one true goal, you know? Yeah. 
they both achieve them, you know. I don't think I don't think Franklin Gates isn't strong in that sense. I just think the red shows it in so many different ways. Right. You know what I mean? Benjamin Franklin Gates never has to pull barbed wire out of his mouth. Yeah, I don't know if he would. I don't think he'd be able to. No. No, I think Riley would come and do it for him. <laughs> Red's going to take it one nil. Let's let, let's talk about agility, like because that's that's where it becomes interesting to me. Because as much as this uh, drive that he has is fantastic, we see him um, kill off a quad bike into some mud. You know, we 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 never really see him at more than a leisurely pace. However, we do see Benjamin Franklin Gates steal the Declaration of Independence, Ben. Woof. Yeah, that's quite something and very rarely gets captured. Even after he literally gets captured in this first film and detained by police, in no time at all, he manages to jump off of a dock bridge, gloriously soundtracked by On the Run by Pink Floyd. <laughs> One of the best sync-ups of the whole thing. Fucking wicked. Loved it. Yeah, and he gets away having to lead the police to brand him a clever little fish. Incredible. Yeah, I, I would say that he takes it on agility, making this a tight game a at tied one all. How do we feel about likability? I think this is going to be tough because I feel like you've got a lot of views on Benjamin Franklin just based on the fact that you don't like the film. No, I, I stick by <laughs> it. I, the character is just rude. You could argue it's just determination, but manners cost you nothing, Benjamin. I mean, he's he's polite until he's completely betrayed by his friend. Even in Russian subtitles, this guy was still just very rude to everybody. <laughs> but the thing is, though, he does know better. I don't know. Red, I can tolerate. I can tolerate that to a Red's point. Red's likable, man. Red's really. Yeah, likeable. he's very humble. He forges an axe. He's he's he humanizes it all in, in ways where it, you don't think it can really be done in that film. I, I I'm a big fan of Benjamin Franklin Gates, but I'd struggle to say that he's right. Let's 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 go back to basics here. Let's go back to how we started this off with. You're going on a night out. Oh, yes. You've got enough credit on your 90s Nokia to call one person. Oh, man. And the two people in your phone book is Red Miller, Benjamin Franklin Gates. Who you, who, who you calling? So, Red Miller spends time at loads of wicked alt clubs, as we've seen, presumably the ones that go on to become extinct in Astro Boy. He spends a lot of time <laughs> hanging around in them. That's, in fact, where he, he meets Mandy in the first place. However, Ben Gates, I don't know, like that guy's always ready to party secretly because he's got that that tucked away tuxedo and he's got that rad dad. It's tough because they're two different experiences. It's a tough one because I think Red is probably more likable as a friend, but I definitely go out with Benjamin Franklin Gates. Ben Gates, you are probably going to get into some hijinks, which is great, but I feel like with yeah. Red, you're just going to... You're probably just going to get in a fight. Yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, the danger is higher with Red for a completely different reason. You're more likely to get killed than you are with Ben Gates, where you're more likely just to end up in the slammer. Well, with with Ben Gates, there's a high chance that you're going to come away from this night out fucking loaded. You know what I mean? There's a good chance you'll find a treasure underneath fucking Ikea or something. <laughs> but look, I, I would say, based on that and based on what we've got coming up, I'm willing to give this to Ben. Uh, I'd say 2-1 to the Gates. Oh, this is real tough because I don't like him, but there is, there's an undeniable charm about him, clearly. Yeah, I I th- I think that's fair. You've described it before as him having that kind of cult of personality yeah. and people people follow him and there is something there. I know what you mean, he is rude, but man, he he gets up to stuff, you know? He's interesting. He does. And if there's one thing that Red is weak to, it's cults. Yeah. Yeah, let's give it 2-1 to Ben Gates. Let's bring this straight back around though when we talk about appearance. I mean, we know 
that Benjamin Franklin Gates is rocking a tuxedo at all times. But does it matter when we see the diversity of Red Miller's outfits here and his looks and his just... His portfolio is stacked. Probably the best out of any film we've yeah, seen. Yeah, I mean, not only is he... This is the calling card of, of Red Miller, I he's think. He's serving some insane looks, but not only that, he is incredibly fashion forward. He is designing his own garments. He is not buying into all these fast fashion trends. He is sustaining his own thing by creating his own accessories, his own outfits, honey. It's great to see it. You know, genuinely, he is a visionary. He becomes his namesake. He's head to toe in red at the end of this thing. But he just makes those eyes pop. I think it's a really great choice of his personally. And I'm so here for it. I would love to award this point Red's way. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. That makes this two all. So that's going to bring us down a two all, and we're showing off against Cage. Um, so far, we have pretty much kept this to the first National Treasure film. But no, we've got to we've got to include both. I think is only fair. If you want to include, but okay. Well, let's let's. T- these have got the two strongest Cage moments. So this is interesting because both both these characters have one big flag that they stick in the ground for this category. I would say. I mean, they've both got other moments, hither and yon. Yeah, let's break it down to one scene each. Yeah. I think, I think that's what we're going to get here. And I think realistically, if I'm talking on behalf of both of us, we're talking about the bathroom scene where Cage downs a load of vodka and screams. Yes. For quite some time. Quite some time. And um, we're talking about Benjamin Franklin Gates having a lovely bunch of coconuts. These are two behemoths of the competition. These are both legendary and both have, quite frankly, been undefeated as, as far as I can remember. They've been entirely unmovable so this is crazy I barely know where to begin having a conversation about these two aspects because they just showcase two completely different sides of of Nick Cage and his ability to wield this power that he's been garnering for for years now yeah this is a very tough one because they're such different freakouts and like aspects of the Cage spectrum I would argue both of these are done as a reaction, the first of which, Ben Gates is one. He uses this to his advantage to try and wiggle himself out of a difficult situation that he's got into. He can control it in such a way that he is able to manipulate the people around him using this power in order just to get out of this situation. And it's it's clever. It's credit to him. It's out of bounds for the character, what he would usually do in that situation which makes it so much more impactful however red miller this weirdly enough it fits the scene but it's so above what you would expect like yeah this what we see on screen is the reaction to the awful situation this character's been put into it is the genuine outpouring of everything the fact that nick cage actually drinks the vodka there i think he genuinely would have been channeling the loss of a loved one in that scene and like trying to figure out what to do. And it's just a complete outpouring of, of everything. And it's just, I said it before, but genuinely it's like some of the rawest acting I've ever seen. Yeah. I I can't disagree with it. Two completely different sides, but my, my heart, if I'm, if I'm really being honest and sorry, I've just been talking over the top here, but I've got to speak my truth. My heart, if I'm being honest, it has to go Tell me what you think first. It turns out I haven't arrived at a definitive answer. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. I think that Mandy, the scene is better, the acting's better. It fits the film 
But is that what Cage is? Yeah, and for all those reasons is why I kind of lean back towards Benjamin Franklin Gates in a way because it's so it's unlike nuts, the film. And I can't believe it's so unbelievably out of nowhere. I know, and it's, I hate that I'm having the same thought process. But like, I think that that's in Mandy. That's Red Miller. That freakout is Cage's finest moment as an actor. I think it's honestly it's everything that he's been trying to achieve in a way that doesn't neglect the film. It's exaggerated in a way that's still controlled. It's not, it, you know what I mean? It's above the film, but it's not out of the film. Whereas this in, in National Treasure 2, it, it takes you so far out of the film in such a hilarious way. I don't know how you disregard it. it yeah, it's just, it's a boggling sequence. I've, I've only seen it the one time when we watched the film, but it still sticks in my head in such a way. And We watched this film over a month ago at this point, and I still it still just stands there as the fact you can quote it i think is is pretty legendary i mean you could try quote what red miller brings to the table but it's <laughs> a lot more difficult believe me i i hate that i'm leading that way i hate so much that i am because cage and red they just they lay it all on the table during that sequence it's it's an incredible thing to see but i think because it comes so close to good acting it almost eats its own tail a bit there yeah and i think i'm i'm going to put it this way ben i've got a bunch of lovely coconuts <laughs> here they are standing in a row small ones big ones ben could you guess how big some of these coconuts are so disappointed in myself right now Ben I need to know how big these coconuts are <sighs> some are as big as your head your head yeah they are they they really are as big as your head I I've got to give this to Ben Gates I feel like I really thought going into this that uh, Red it was a no brainer on Cage this is truly the the closest Cage match we've ever had and wild that it is between yeah these two absolute juggernauts and it's come down to the wire here i mean we couldn't ask for a better finale really for this whole thing but <sighs> ben franklin gates so we're looking here at the podium the final podium of cage match we've got in third place we've got eddie in third from deadfall and from arsenal in second place, we get Red Miller from the film Mandy. And let's just give credit where it's due here. This is a man that had one opportunity to make an experience on screen for the viewer. Everyone else who ever came close was on screen a couple of times. So I just want to really give my respect to Red here. He gives us so much in this. I would still go as far as to say it's the best Nicolas Cage film. But unfortunately... Unfortunately... He doesn't steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, oh, the president! I love this. Benjamin Franklin Gates wins the cage match on day 99. I can't believe that those stupid dice set this up. That now we Let's be honest, if you didn't roll it, oh. I was going to pick it. Benjamin Franklin Gates is definitively the most powerful. And by that logic, and I hate that I'm saying this out loud... The best Nicolas Cage character. Whew. Since you finally come around to this way of thinking, Ben, oh, no. um, I was thinking about what we could do for today's film. 
with it being my pick. Our final film. And I was wondering how much, how how interested you'd be in in watching National Treasure again and again and again. Yeah, I'd love to, Dan. <laughs> I'd sure love to watch the National Treasure <laughs> again for the second time in twenty four hours. No, I I can't do it, Ben. Bring it on, pussy. <laughs> I'll go to double figures on this. I don't care. I watch this. For, I watch this for fun. Um, I've brought up a random number generator between one and a hundred. Wow, you're doing the same route. Love this. Yeah, I I can't bring myself. You, you played it fair. I'm going to play it fair. If we get Grindhouse, I'm going to roll again. <laughs> right. Oh man, we're really doing this again. Like. I think it has to be. The fact that it's been random and chaotic is sort of what makes sense for this whole thing. We've just gone on to talk about some of the films we've really enjoyed along the way here. I am genuinely crossing my fingers right now. We'll get a nice trip down memory lane here and not have to leave this thing with a very sour taste in our mouth. Okay. So I'm just counting up to see what we've got here. Have you rolled? What was the number? It was number 37, Ben. Okay. I've just counted it up. <laughs> ben, how would you like to join me in a lovely rewatch of Captain Corelli's Mandolin? <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly said <laughs> let 20 minutes ago, probably wouldn't want to watch that film again. <laughs> wouldn't watch it again. Oh, I love we'll go back in two hours, 11 minutes of drama, music oh, and romance so long. and the worst voice acting of Nick Cage's career. It's so long. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to need some time to decompress before watching this, Ben. Oh, I'm going to chat to you later on. My. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, uh, there's no words for that, is there? Well, we discussed the hits a little today, and this will be a great way to give us a leg up to talk about the shits. Ben, I'll chat to you later for episode 100, and we finally you, let man. ourselves out of the cage. You're a real piece of shit, you know that. <laughs> <laughs>